One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 116. When I use the word business systems, what comes to mind? Detailed spreadsheets, project management systems, overly complicated technology. Today's episode will challenge you to flip all of that on its head. My guest is my longtime friend, like 15 years long, system strategist Stacey Miyahara. Stacy focuses on helping small business owners create systems that feel good and actually work through her business Monday Made. She believes in centering systems around your needs and goals and leaning into your unique working style, which I am all about. In this episode, which I know you're going to love, we discussed what we mean by business systems, why there's no one size fits all system, what to do when you have a system, but you're not using it how to know if your systems are, or more importantly, aren't working for you, Stacy's go-to project management tools and what kind of person each is best for, the importance of taking into account how you feel into your systems, why Stacy recommends taking what she calls retreat days, and so much more. No matter where you are with using systems in your business, I know you will learn so much from this episode with Stacy. Here is our conversation. Stacey, welcome to Making Good. Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. This is like worlds colliding. Um, <laughs> for those of you who, well, actually, probably most listeners don't know this, but Stacey is, Stacey and I have known each other for like, I don't know, 20 years? 20 years, something, yeah. <laughs> something like that. We went to the same high school. We like ran in the same crowd. So mm-hmm. this and like, you know, went our separate ways after high school and then kind of reconnected in the small business world a few years ago. So this is just super, super fun. Um, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. It's so nice to kind of be able to reconnect in a new way. Yeah, I know. There's just a way that small business, being a small business owner kind of like, brings people together in such a, like a, it's just such a bond to share. So totally. Um, thank you for being here. I'm thrilled to have you and to be talking all about systems and specifically like, what do we mean by systems and what system, how to create systems in our businesses that actually work for us. Um, before we get into that, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and just kind of the evolution of, I know you've had a few different stages in your small business journey. So what has that evolution looked like and what are you doing now? Yeah. So I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I feel like the business now is really kind of something that emerged as a combination of being a small business owner and kind of my life as a working professional before starting to do this. 
So I started as a designer and I worked in agencies for a handful of years. And I sort of noticed what seemed like a flaw in the way that you structure design teams. So essentially in a design team, usually the most proficient designer will eventually get promoted to be the lead of that team. And then that person sort of becomes the project manager of the design team. But the flaw is obviously that that person may or may not have any real experience kind of managing projects and their usually their passion and their skill set was actually in the design aspect, not in the management aspect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, so I decided to go back and go to school for project management, kind of specifically to pull together these two aspects of my experience of like, I have all of this experience as a working designer and what a working designer would need. And then I can add on to that now some actual like hard skills in project management. So I did that for a while and then eventually just decided to go back to just designing, which is how my first business, Oh Hey Face, came about. So Oh Hey Face is handmade small batch design. I did some kind of like paper goods for a while, but the main focus was on a really, really small business branding. So really kind of like boutique style branding and then handmade craft of other kinds like calligraphy and things like that. Yeah. Really beautiful stuff. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of what emerged was sort of a recognition of my own struggles as a business owner and then a recognition of similar struggles that I was hearing from other small business owners, which is Again, this idea of like, I started this business because I have this skill and um, what's being asked of me is to also manage the production and the success of this skill. So in that, I started to get really critical about how do I put together my experience that I have as a project manager with now my new experience as a business owner? And is there a way for me to give that to other small business owners and help them sort of see how they can better balance, I suppose? the time that you need to not only do the production and the output of your business, but also the management side of keeping everything working behind the scenes. I really love the point you made about just giving that example from your um, agency days as a designer, where the best or most skilled designer would become the lead. And then all of a sudden they're in this position of managing people and managing projects when that's not actually their skill set. And I think there's a really good parallel as small business owners. Many of us come into it and we're like, okay, I'm really talented at whatever craft or I offer this service and that's my thing. But actually the running a business side of things, most people don't have any experience doing. So they just kind of go in with no idea how to do it and kind of make things up as they go. And that is why systems are important. So you are a systems strategist. Mm -hmm. What what systems are we talking about and you know what kind of services do you offer? Yeah, that's an excellent question because I think there's a lot of people that are service providers like I am that talk about systems. And I think that we all sort of slightly mean something different when we say systems. <laughs> so what I specifically mean when I'm talking about systems is it's basically any method or tool or a repeatable process that you have in place to make the doing of your job more fluid and more easy. So the way that I usually approach this with people is in kind of two ways. We do it sort of in more of a big picture way and then more of a granular, like getting an actual product out the door sort of way. Got it. Can you give some examples of systems like, you know, like project management of your... Is that sort of like the overall, I guess, ultimate example of a system is like just managing the projects within your business or what specific examples could you give us? When you think in kind of like the big picture way... 
that is more thinking about sort of a broad stroke of what your workflow is. So what do I need to be successful? And have I equipped myself with the right tools in order to do that job? So that is kind of where we look at the specific things of systems, like actual pieces of software. Am I have am I using the right app? Does it have the right features? Do I have effective methods for replenishing my mental and emotional capacity? Things like that. So that's sort of like the big picture. Like what are all the tools in the toolkit? That's kind of the, the one of the building blocks, I suppose, of creating systems is making sure that you have the right tools. And then functionally, what systems start to look like is really just the project management aspect. So how do I leverage the tools that I have in order to get from you know point A to point B and essentially just make my life easier all along the way? So that can be sort of how you organize your tasks, how you prioritize your day, if you're into things, specific types of methods like time blocking or Pomodoro, you know, what of these tools that I've put in my kit in order to accomplish this are the right tools to get everything moving along quickly and efficiently and without a whole lot of friction in a moment to moment way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So one thing I'm noticing, you're not saying this is the system small business owners should use. Like here's your toolbox. Here's your app you are presenting this in such a way that assumes we're all going to use different tools, systems, apps, platforms, etc. So why is it important that we design our systems around like us individually versus like have a, you know, because you do see a lot of other, I guess, coaches in this space be like, here's the tool you should use to organize your life. So I think your approach is different. And um, I really like your approach. That's why we're talking. But (laughs) could you just make that argument of like, why is it important that we design our systems around our specific business, our personality, our work style, etc.? Yeah. So in order to kind of do this, I there's a quote that I really like that says, and I've never found the correct attribution for this. So if someone knows, then, you know, let me know. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> but it says that every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. So it mm-hmm. essentially means that whatever results you're seeing, the systems that you're using only know how to deliver those results. So if you're experiencing things like pretty persistent burnout, or if you are having a hard time finding the information that you need, if you feel like you're sort of reinventing your process every time you do this, it's because your system isn't really built to give you anything other than that experience. It's not really built to give you anything other than overwhelm. And it's not really built to help you repeat a process instead of being able to use something that's already built. Hmm. One of the biggest things that I feel like I've seen and kind of what was really impactful for me and what I've seen in a lot of clients is that we have sort of a really bad habit of attributing something that feels like a lack of productivity or a not accomplished goal. We have an issue with kind of attributing that to some of our sense of self and our own personal capability level. And that blow to your confidence can really make it even harder to get going with systems. Because what you do sometimes is I think we sort of tend to approach it in the wrong direction. So like you were saying, there are tons of people like coaches and things out there that will say that this system is amazing. If you start it, it will definitely work for you. So if we go back to thinking about the quote that the system is designed to get the results that it gets, you don't really know for sure that that system that you're using was actually designed to get your results. Your results are probably different than that coach's results. The things that you need as a person, depending on you know if you're dealing with things like ADHD, if you have a full-time job, 
if you really struggle with anxiety and depression, there's all sorts of things that come into play when you're creating a system that supports you in the way that you need it to. And there's not really a way to guarantee that a quote unquote expert is providing you something that was built to get the things that you need. Yeah, so good. There's so many parallels to like what I believe about marketing. Um, You know, like every business is different. Every person is different and we should be designing our marketing. And it sounds like also our systems around us individually and not the other way around trying to like, you know, fit ourselves into these boxes that other people give us. So I love this um, philosophy around designing systems, workflows, and like just a way of doing work that is, is, um, custom for you and what's going to work best for you. So you, you mentioned this a little bit already, like alluding to burnout and things like that. How can people, if someone's listening and they have, you know, they do their business, how do they know if their systems are or are not working for them? It can usually be easier to know if they're not working than when they are (laughs) working, because when they are working, they should sort of feel a little bit invisible. They shouldn't really be something that takes up very much attention or time. Right. So when they're not working, there's a lot of things that you can be on the lookout for if you're sort of avoiding even using your systems. If you don't want to go check where you have your tasks, that's definitely a sign. If you are really consistently feeling like you're burnt out, if you aren't 100% sure where to find the information that you need, you know, if you have several places where you keep notes or client information or project information and it's not consolidated to one place. Uh, If you feel like there are some details that are maybe getting, you know, falling through the cracks. And the other one that I had mentioned is if you feel like you're sort of redoing the process every single time, Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest ways to know that your systems aren't working. Yes. Yep. Can relate. So um, I'm going a little off like we have our plan of what we're going to talk about. I'm going to go a little bit out of order here because... What is coming to mind for me right now, which I expect maybe some of the listeners will have the same experience is, you know, I've tried all kinds of different project management tools like Asana, (laughs) Trello, ClickUp. And I have actually landed on one that I'm like kind of using, like I'm using it more than my my track record with other things, let's say, I would say mostly because I'm, I've set it up so simply, like it's not, there's not like 500 different boards. It's just like a list essentially. And I actually do go in there. Um, so for me, where I'm at in my like systems journey, let's say Mm -hmm. is I'm at, I'm, I've got something that's working. I don't, Definitely don't think I'm like fully there yet, but I would guess that a lot of people's experience is similar to mine in that they've tried to get everything organized. They've maybe tried different tools and they just don't find themselves sticking to it. Mm -hmm. Why is that? And like, if you find yourself having set up everything in this, like maybe a really elaborate way, but then after a couple of weeks, you're not using it. Like, why is that? And what can we do about that? Yeah. So... There's (laughs) big question. Yeah, that's a big question. Uh, But there's a lot of different reasons that that happens. The biggest one for me is obviously that the thing that you have chosen doesn't really align with the way that your brain works. Mm -hmm. So what I usually like to try and have people do is really start by you have to place a lot of value on your instincts first, because 
what you're gravitating to naturally, you're gravitating to because that's something that really works for your brain. It's something that helps your brain organize the information in a way that you can keep track of. So what I see a lot of people doing, a lot of the mistakes are not really valuing enough what their gut react, what their sort of like gut reaction was to how to keep things organized. There are a lot of people that work really, really well with post-its on the wall. And there's no reason that it needs to be more complicated than that if that is accomplishing all of your needs, right? Mm -hmm. So it's first placing all this value on your instincts and asking yourself a lot of questions about what actually helps my brain to take some of the stress off of keeping it all inside my head and can put it somewhere else. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that I feel like I see a lot of people do is, and I have been guilty of this. I feel like, I think I have this on my website. It's like a software graveyard. It's all of the apps that I have tried that have not been successful for me. And Mm -hmm. so another place to start is to create your own graveyard and to try and be really curious about why that didn't work, because that will give you some important information about what you actually need is in what those things were lacking. A lot Mm -hmm. of times... Um, they're overcomplicated. That's kind of what I see the most because for the most part, most of us as small business owners, we're not really doing super elaborate things. There's, you know, often you have a lot of projects going at the same time and you're tracking things like maybe you have clients and you're keeping track of client information for projects. And we all have, you know, things like billing and, you know, invoicing and things like that. But For the most part, we don't really need these really in-depth, elaborate, full of integrations and full of automations and, you know, all of these like bells and whistles that go along with these things. And by trying to leverage too many bells and whistles, we can usually get ourselves into a little bit of trouble because then the tool is sort of more complicated than we actually need for it to be. And we can get bogged down in a bunch of features that don't really apply to our goals. That's such a good point. I've, I've definitely noticed that, that it's like you, you join one of these programs that like huge corporations are using and they might need all of these fancy tools. And then you kind of try to be like, okay, well, I can, I can like make this more complex if there's the, there's the way to do it in the system. Right. So I've done that too. Is like, it's just made it more way more complicated than it needs to be. And then I just find myself like overwhelmed by it. Um, you know, we've mentioned and alluded to a few different systems. I really like your take that like none of these, sorry, not systems, platforms, but I like your take that none of these like are inherently better or worse. It's just like, what's going to work best with your brain. Are there any general rules of thumb? Like if you're like this, maybe you would like this tool. Obviously we are putting the caveat that people need to go with their gut and like <laughs> try things out. But Do you have any just general direction based on how people's brains work? A little bit. Yeah. I guess I suppose I have sort of types of brains that work well with certain platforms that I have experience with. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you are a pretty big spreadsheet person, if you love to spreadsheet, then Monday.com is a really good one to try out. Yay. Relatable. Yeah. That's what I'm using. (laughs) Yeah. And I know you love a spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet. (laughs) Um, If you are more of just like a checklist person, there's a lot of different things that can work well for you. I'm a very checklist person and I use Notion and I think Notion is really, really great for checklist people. 
if you are a checklister and you work with a lot of other people, so if you have a team and you need a lot of collaboration, then sometimes Asana can work a little bit better than Notion can in some respects. But those mm-hmm. are kind of like the key ones. Are Those are yeah. my always my main recommendations to people are either monday.com, Notion, very rarely Asana. And then for some people, it's really just a notebook or a whiteboard on their wall or something like that. Yeah. I really like the permission to keep it analog if that's what's working. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, there's so many tools we could be subscribing to and paying for and using, but the best tools are the ones that we're actually, you know, using every single day. And if that's the paper next to your computer, I love the permission to just do it if that's what's working. Yeah. I say this to people all the time that, well, A, there's no perfect system and B, even if there were technically a perfect system, it would really only be perfect if you actually used it and if it actually helped you accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned earlier that really caught my attention was asking yourself if your systems have built in ways of like, you know, incorporating rest and, um, you know, kindness to yourself, I guess, mm-hmm. is an overall way to say that. Normally, when we think about systems, it's like a to-do list and everything that needs to get done and like has this kind of frenetic energy or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But um, I would just love for you to say more about that kind of like, I don't know, self-compassion component that you're talking about when it comes to building out your systems. What is that and why is that important? So one of the things that got me really interested in systems was this connection that I saw with when my systems seemed to be really working well, when I had gotten something pretty dialed in, I noticed that my anxiety levels really started to decrease. (laughs) Amazingly, shocker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you feel more organized, you feel less stressed. But I was noticing that it's just not really a key factor in a lot of people's approaches to systems or productivity is this idea that we can't really get anything done if we're consistently packing our to-do lists to the brim we're always kind of scheduled to the minute every single day, then all we're going to do is just run out of energy at a certain point. So for me, what that looks like is a huge part of what I try and develop with people is this idea of having a library of things that replenish you that you can go back to pretty regularly and sort of track how well those things actually do replenish you. And so I'm a big proponent of scheduling yourself retreat days. I do them about once a quarter. So this is a half to a full day where you just kind of set aside time just to be alone. I usually pre-order a bunch of snacks. I plan some activities Mm -hmm. for myself. (laughs) And you just take this sort of like treat yourself day to think about. Yeah, it's amazing. I highly recommend. (laughs) But you just sort of take that moment to pause and think about your business and think about your life. And how are those two things integrating with each other? Are they in the right balance with one another? And are the goals that I set the last time I did this, are they still the goals that I have now? Or do I want to shift based on new information? It's just giving yourself that sort of pre-scheduled time to know that I have to continually be checking in with myself in order to be able to be productive and efficient. And in order to accomplish the things I want to accomplish, I have to have a full-ish tank. And so building in those opportunities to replenish yourself And the other thing that I do is on a day-to-day basis, I try and just... Well, I don't try. I do. I uh, write down how many actual working hours I have in a day. So that's the actual functional hours minus things like meetings and taking breaks and going to work out and stuff like that. So that I actually know how much time I can dedicate to accomplishing tasks. 
because I think that a lot of us also tend to be pretty chronic over schedulers. We make our lists too Mm -hmm. long. And an unfinished list is just one of those things that can really put a damper on the next day. And so if you're really mindful and careful and aware of your capacity, then you can build your list so that it feels more like something that you can definitely accomplish in the time that you have available. Yeah. I love the focus on like the fact that how we feel affects what we do, right? Like if you end your day feeling great and like accomplished and then you go into the next day, you're more likely to be motivated and therefore probably more productive and more likely to use your system um, than if you kind of like just end every day feeling like you didn't get through your list, which I love the recommendation to start every day with like your list of work hours and make your to-do list based on that, not just like randomly. I'm all about that too. So that's a great suggestion. I love this idea of a retreat day and I would love to just, you know, you said you do one of these like about every quarter What's an example sample, like a day in the life of Stacy on a retreat day? Like you wake up, you go here, you do this. Like, I know that this isn't going to be exact and everyone needs to design it for themselves. But what does that look like for you? Um, So I put a reasonable amount of planning into all of them. I enlist my husband pretty regularly to deliver me snacks and water and stuff. (laughs) So, you know, if you have a partner at home that can, you know, be your backup support, that's a huge asset. But so typically what a retreat day looks like for me is I'll plan some kind of breakfast that I really want. If that's like I drive to a coffee shop and get something that I really love or if I make something that I really love. So I start with that and kind of no screens, no sound, no anything. Hmm. And then I'll usually try and find a yoga video or a meditation that I'll do to start the day. And Mm -hmm. then depending on what my goal of that retreat day is, I'll have several activities built in for myself throughout the day. So sometimes those are more strategic, like thinking about, you know, I talked about this with you before that I kind of went through a phase of trying to decide if I would rename my business. So Mm -hmm. that was part of one of my retreat days. So I was doing these activities about renaming and what my brand identity really is and kind of deep diving into what I want to accomplish and what the goals are. And if the change of the name is something that is actually aligned with those goals, then I take a lunch that usually has been delivered again by my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I I know he's great. (laughs) (laughs) I try and eat it outside just to get kind of away from like the computer and my office space. So I'll go on the deck or we live right next to a park. So I'll go over there and just kind of like take really, really deep breaths of outside air. I know it sounds so kind of wooey, but Mm -hmm. I try to just like really, really drink in a huge breath of outside air because it just feels so good. Mm -hmm. So I try and couple that with my outdoor lunch and then I'll come back in and usually I use the second half of the day as more of a functional period of the day. So wherever I got with my morning activities, I'll use the second half of the day to kind of figure out how to implement and how to prioritize And then I end the day usually with trying to pre-order some kind of really tasty takeout dinner from somewhere. Oh my gosh. What a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I want this. Like I want that to be my everyday. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I guess it can. Yeah. Um, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And Mm -hmm. I would encourage everyone to think about building one of these in. Just sounds like such a restful way to spend a day within your business. Yeah. 
that probably would enable you to like think about things you don't normally let yourself do. And um, I don't know, like what has, aside from the physical resting element of this, like giving yourself a break from the heavier work days, what outcomes, like what positive outcomes do you experience? The biggest one for me was, so my first business, Oh Hey Face, the kind of like design and calligraphy business. I decided Mm -hmm. to put that one basically into hibernation after one of these retreat days because I was juggling both businesses for a while, trying to do the design and get Monday made and this system strategy off the ground. And it just wasn't really working. And in this retreat day, I was trying really hard to reflect on what it is that I want to be putting out there for people, what it is that really... I feel motivated to create. So that was a big one, kind of this idea that the business that I started initially is no longer really working for me in the way that I had created it and the way I was doing it. And this thing on the horizon is something that really is kind of asking me to give it more attention. So that was a really, really Mm -hmm. huge one for me is kind of being comfortable with putting that sort of like first baby into a little hibernation zone because it's hard to let go of kind of that first business, I think. Yeah. And that's not a decision that is easy to make, like just in the day to day, like you probably did need to take that step back and be in your retreat day and like quiet down, slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. um, to really come to that decision. So I could see that it would enable you to like, you know, some of that strategic thinking and visioning and all that good stuff feels like it's a really good fit for your retreat day versus just like the everyday in your business. So I really love that idea. I like, I mean, it's most beneficial to me if I feel like I'm at some kind of crossroads in a lot of ways like that, you know, it's valuable anytime because rest and taking care of yourself and doing something that really makes you feel calm and tended to is important no matter what. But I did another one recently when I was thinking about this transition to um, doing a small group version of what I've traditionally just been offering as a one-on-one service. And Mm -hmm. that retreat day was really critical in me sort of like thinking through what are the real goals of this and how are the goals best accomplished? You know, how can I kind of get the most outcome for the people that participate in this? Mm-hmm. And being able to sort of just really think on that without sort of my normal day to day coming in and popping in my inbox all throughout the day was really, really helpful. Yeah, totally. So if we have listeners who have been listening and, you know, they heard you talk about how might you know if your system is not working and they're like, okay, that's me. I'm overwhelmed. I am not using it for one. Like, you know, I'm relating to a lot of these things that Stacy was saying about symptoms that your system might not be actually working for you. What would you recommend people do to like, you know, action steps of Mm -hmm. you, you're starting in this point A of it's not working and we want to get to point B where I have a system that I love that works, that I'm using, that is calming to me. Um, What are the steps that I would take to get from point A to point B? Well, the same caveat is always. So it's going to be different for everybody, depending on what works for you. But the important thing is to really just be consistently asking yourself, why isn't this working or what about this isn't working? 
one of the easy ways that people do this is if you just keep like a piece of paper next to you at your desk. And every time you start to sort of feel this sense of friction or every time you feel like you're starting to just reinvent a process, just jot it down. And Mm -hmm. then like retreat day, schedule yourself some time to sort of evaluate those things. Because by trying to identify where the bumps are, that's where you're going to start to get some of the insights into what you need to shift it into. So you can start... So that's one option, right? Is to just be really mindful and aware of keeping track of where all your points of friction are. The other option is to go super back to basics. So whatever your gut instinct for project management or systems is, for most people, that's a notebook with a checklist in it. Whatever that sort of you know initial option for um, systems is, go back to that and start using that. And then you do sort of the reverse question and ask yourself, like, what else do I need to know? Like, what other information would be helpful for me in order to be more effective using this method? Yeah. Does that feel yeah. helpful? That feels super helpful. What tips do you have for like um, picking the actual platform? So you, you gave us some really great like starting points. Um, but without having to go set up an account with five different project management tools, how would you suggest that people kind of get the lay of the land and kind of give their, give themselves the opportunity to have that gut reaction um, where they're going to pick one that works? This is a great moment to try and just use something that's already readily available to all of us, like YouTube videos or <laughs> looking for, you know, productivity experts online, because seeing sort of a walkthrough of how somebody else uses the software, that's your best information as to whether or not that might work for you. But again, kind of try not to get wooed by the bells and whistles, try and really think about how does my process translate into these things that I'm seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can say for me, like just having tried pretty much every one of these tools mm-hmm. you can imagine. Me too. <laughs> what, what finally like felt, what finally made me go with monday.com was I just liked it. Like, I, like that gut feeling, like you said, like in there, it's pretty. I love the colors. It doesn't stress me out. One thing about Asana, like there's kind of this like email inbox feeling to Asana that just like did not work for me. Like I always went in and felt like I had this whole inbox of stuff. And so, yeah, there's no, I could not give you a single logical reason why, why I picked monday.com except that like when I'm in there, I like it. It feels good. I like the colors, like it just works in that sense. So yeah, it's not a science, is it? (laughs) No, I mean, and that's kind of the perfect example that you just have this feeling that looking in here, I feel good. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm interested in interacting with it. And those are the kind of feelings to really try and run with and look into a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Such great advice. So let's talk about like, obviously, this is a process people could walk them through, walk themselves through themselves. But this is your business too. So if someone is looking for a little more support, you offer one on one work. And then also you have something coming soon, which is really exciting. I would love for you to share just a little bit more about if we have listeners who are like, okay, I'm sold, I need some help with this. Um, How can you help them build these systems that are really going to work for them? So one-on-one, obviously, like you said, uh, we do like a really targeted look into just a deeper dive in the way that everything that I've kind of described so far. So we'll be really critical and really 
uh, curious about the ways that you currently work and what works for you. What are your instincts telling you? What doesn't work for you and what hasn't worked for you in the past? And then Mm -hmm. it's really just kind of a really collaborative trial and error process. I'll usually build some things for you based on what I understand, but it really is just kind of a back and forth between us in these one-on-one programs where I try and build something for you and then you have to use it and see what it feels like and whether or not it's working. And then we just check in on what else does it need? What am I, you know, which aspects of this have I not even touched so we can just get rid of it? What's really missing that we need to add? So it's a really kind of fluid process that just centers around sort of creating a space for you to be very mindful about your own needs and the two of us sort of working together to make sure that you have the tools to respond to those needs. Mm -hmm. The small group program kind of came out of, gosh, it came out of the retreat day and also some feedback from some one-on-one clients and then also some of my experiences in group work, which is that there's sort of a tendency with systems, especially when they're not going well, we can tend to sort of retreat into ourselves and sort of want to not talk about it until it is working. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this thing like, you know, as soon as it's good, then I'll put my stuff out there. You know, as soon as it's ready, then I'll do this thing. And we just keep moving the line. And Mm -hmm. the reality is that a lot of small business owners are really struggling in a similar way to find something that works for them. And the idea of creating a small community around people that can collaborate with one another, that can share ideas, it's always really helpful to sort of get an outside perspective on something that you were thinking. It can help you reframe. You can kind of meld all of your ideas into one that works really well. So I love this idea of, you know, pulling our our system's shame out of the shadows mm-hmm. and working together to really find these solutions and to really sort of make more room to just be aware of how we're working to validate ourselves to work the way that is comfortable for us instead of trying to fit it into something else and to be able to see in real time other people, you know, validating themselves in their process and in us being able to share that back and forth in a group. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll talk at the end about how people can learn more and, and get connected with you on that. But those are great offers. I'm excited for people to look into those. I think it can help so many people. Let's transition into the questions that I get to ask all of my lovely guests. The first one is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Well, donation is one that I do every year. I pick an organization every quarter that I try and feature a little bit on social media to create some awareness. And then at the end of the calendar year, I donate 5% of profits um, equally across all the organizations. Love, love. (laughs) Thanks. Um, The other one is sort of a database that I'm going to try and make public hopefully soon, but it's, you know falling behind on the priorities list, but (laughs) I try and do really deliberate due diligence with every application that I engage with. So I try and get connected with support or someone that's in sort of a support slash management position to understand what that company is doing to advance their diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I want to try and be partnering with either, you know, people of color, women-owned business businesses, or at very least organizations that have prioritized that type of work to make sure they're creating equity within their company and that they are 
actively aware and trying to create more opportunities where they can. So Mm -hmm. I plan to make all of this information public, all these conversations that I've had back and forth. I've saved all the transcripts from them so that everyone can see sort of what the response is and then use that information to sort of inform their own decision making wherever that's at. Uh, this is something I you told me about a while ago for the first time, but I really, really love this because mm-hmm. we talk a lot here on the podcast about intentional spending. I don't think it's something that we always apply to like the software or the technology that we're using. Yeah. It's easy to do that when it comes to like, you know, where are you sourcing your products or your packaging, things like that. But this is really another level that I think is super important because we are many of us at least spending money with these companies who may or may not be aligned with our values. So I can't wait for you to release this. I think this is, yeah, it's an amazing resource to be putting together. So definitely if for no other reason, connect with Stacey so that you can get access to that once she releases (laughs) it, because that is super cool. Yeah. I mean, you make a really good point, which is that I think that software companies in particular have somehow been able to sort of, you know, be sort of exempted from that type of work and due diligence and investigation. And so, yeah, it really came about for me because I read something that made me a little uncomfortable. And so that spurred me on to kind of realize like, oh, I should really be investigating this on kind of all fronts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important to do. I am. I can't wait to see it. Um, what is one small business that you admire? Oh man, there's so many. I know. That's such a hard question to answer. A few people just refuse flat out to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let me just, let me just think on this for one moment. Okay. I think I'm going to say, I have a friend that lives in Australia. Her name is Charlotte Isaac. She's a Dubsado strategist. She's incredible with Dubsado. But she just has done such an incredible job of like moving with the needs of her community. Hmm. And that's something that I've really taken a lot of inspiration from. She's really, really great at what she does. And she's just been super dynamic about letting her business kind of evolve with not only what her community needs, but also what her lifestyle needs. If she kind of needs more space in her life, she tries to look critically at what changes could be made in order to get the right balance of work and life. Mm, love. Great recommendation. I will definitely look into her. Um, and of course, everything we mentioned will be listed in the show notes. So check, check her out there. What is a business book that you would recommend or more than one if you want to share more than one? I reference the book Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. All the time. I love it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Most people say Atomic Habits. Well, I know. And I actually, both? no, I haven't read Atomic Habits. So I need to, so that I can compare. So pre, this, the caveat is pre Atomic Habits, I am a tiny habits person. But maybe awesome. after Atomic Habits, I will be a convert. We'll see. <laughs> well, keep me posted. I I, I'm adding tiny habits to my list. Okay. Okay, Stacey, this has been so valuable. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. Where can folks who are interested in your work connect with you online, learn more about your work, all of the all of the good stuff? 
So you can visit my website, which is mondaymade.com. Monday like the day, made like making stuff. <laughs> and on Instagram at underscore Monday made. Yay. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for everything. This has been a blast. I can't wait for everyone to listen and to just kind of like start thinking about their business and their systems in a new way and really setting things up to feel good and know that when things feel good, things go well. So yes, thank you 100%. so much. Yeah. Thank you. This was so fun. Stacey, I love, love, loved picking your brain about all things systems. Thank you for sharing all of your expertise with us. I learned a ton and I know that the listeners will as well. You can get all of the details from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 116. I know Stacey and I would both love to hear from you on Instagram. You can find Stacey at underscore Monday made and I'm at Lauren Tilden. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so honored to have your support. Here are three ways you can give back to making good. First, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. If you have a friend you think would enjoy this podcast, you can send them the link. And finally, I would be honored if you would take a screenshot in your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.